The Brown Scapular is a special Catholic devotion, so why settle for a flimsy, irritating one that breaks? At scapulars.com, they use super strong American paracord because your scapular should be as strong as your devotion. They also use the finest Australian merino wool that feels like a warm hug from your heavenly mother. You'll also find handmade rosaries with their distinctive deliverance cross and Italian-made saint medals, keychains, and jewelry. Get yourself one of the most durable, comfortable scapulars in the world. Go to scapulars.com today. Hello and welcome back to A Reason for Hope. I am honored that you're joining us today. Please make A Reason for Hope your resource for interviews, catechesis, and candid conversations about our Catholic faith. Please make sure that you subscribe and follow us. Also forward this podcast to anyone you think it may help. We are available on all podcast platforms. And let's have as many people as possible join us on this journey of faith. Also, please carefully consider going to our donation page and supporting this work. Without people like yourself, we literally would not exist. We're very grateful for our supporters and our benefactors, and you can become one of them. Join our family. All you need to do is go to arrayofhope.org, navigate to our donation page, and hit donate, baby. We are a 501c3 non-for-profit organization, so all donations are tax-deductible. So today, David and I will continue our discussion about the creed, so let's get into it. Here we go. So Dave, welcome back to A Reason for Hope. Here we are. Focusing on the creed. This has been really good, really enlightening and enjoyable to dive deep into what the creed actually means when we proclaim it on Sundays. It's kind of cool. I'm enjoying myself. I hope people are getting something out of it. It's good. So at the last time, um, well, we've been speaking about that we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And we kind of covered what we mean when we say the word God, you know, God as the creator. But what about when we say God as the Father, right? Um, not why not mother? And I'm sure it, it annoys some people that we allude to God or call God our Father. Right. And uh, there's you know there's a rub there to a lot of people, especially today. Right. So, uh, what your thoughts? What you say? <laughs> well, my first response would be simply, we get that from Jesus. It's Jesus that reveals that God is our Father. Nowhere in divine revelation is God called a mother. There are some times in divine revelation you may find a motherly image Mm -hmm. of God in the sense that some kind of motherly qualities are given to him, but nowhere is he referred to as mother, only as father, and Jesus is the one who particularly reveals this to us. So, you can't go against this. You can't argue with Jesus. Because if <laughs> Jesus is the Son, and he is God incarnate, and he said that God is our Father who art in heaven, and it's all because Jesus reveals that God is our Father that we say at the Mass, we dare to call God our Father, mm. then I think it's you just have to accept that so as part of divine So is that apologetic religion. approach is like if someone were to rebuke that, you'd say, well, look, Jesus said it. Yeah, I mean, it's what almost like I'm good enough for Jesus is good enough for me. You know, yeah, like, I mean, you know, he, you know that's right. he is God. So if he says what he, he's the Father, he's the Father. And, and I would also ask where in divine revelation 
that is that God could be a mother, and they wouldn't be able to find it. Like I said, they they may find a feminine image or a motherly image of God here and there, but but there's a difference between drawing an analogy mm-hmm. between God and fatherhood and using like a metaphor, like, for example, Jesus says he longs to gather the inhabitants of Jerusalem as a, as a mother hen gathers her chicks. Well, Jesus is clearly male, but he's referring to a feminine or motherly image of a hen and chicks about what he, how he'd like to respond to them in Jerusalem. Or if God says, you know, even if a mother were to forget her baby, I will not forget you. That again is using the 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 metaphor of this bond between a mother and her child, the closest bond that you could imagine on earth as saying, well, even if a mother were to forget her child, God won't forget you. That those are metaphors using motherly images, but they're not calling God mother. Mm-hmm. But you. you will see God called father. It I don't know. I, I think yeah. people get Bent out of shape, though, about they do. it. Well, you know, people get bent out of shape for a lot of things, you right. know, today. Sometimes you'll hear them say something like this, that maybe Jesus was just doing what he needed to do because of the culture he lived in. It was a a culture that women didn't have much say. It, it had a very male-dominant religion. The culture itself was male-dominant. So, of course, God who governs is male. So, isn't Jesus just going along with what the culture was saying? I would argue no, and that that's a bad argument for a few reasons. Number one, father is actually something kind of new. Not that there was no idea of God's fatherhood in Israel, but the way Jesus talks about God being our father is revolutionary. So, why did he only take a little step of revolutionary? You know, like why would he go for the gusto? Um, well, he because he, what he was telling us was something true about who God is—that he is Father. I think another reason is because then you have the truth that Jesus is talking, not really be truth, but somehow being, you know, culturally or socially conditioned or constructed, and that's a problem. Jesus being God is not going to give in to a a social construction or unless that social construction is true. He's not going to give into a sort of cultural conditioning unless that cultural conditioning is true to make a statement about the Father. Effectively, especially if it's an injustice to confine God to fatherhood and to somehow exclude motherhood, then you have Jesus doing something that's unjust in order to accomplish a goal, which is utilitarian, and Jesus would never do. So, I mean, the arguments for that approach to why God is Father and how we should be beyond those words now, because our culture is not what their culture was, are really poor. Um, but God is a Father in relation to creation. So, we can talk about why, maybe.
I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Real Estate for Life. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home or moving to a more family-friendly or Christian area, please consider going to realestateforlife.org. They will pair you with expert real estate professionals who share your faith, and they will also contribute a portion of their commission to a pro-life charity of your choice, all at no cost to you. So to connect with a pro-life realtor, please visit realestateforlife.org or call them at 1-877-LIFE-US-1. So if you're wondering how you can help this ministry, rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help others hear it, as well as sharing it with your friends and your family. So join us in this mission by rating, reviewing, or sharing this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. And we want to thank you for your continued support of A Reason for Hope podcast. Well, let me let me interject a little bit. So uh, I'll be the devil's advocate. So if if God is limitless, right, and we're kind of confining him to the f- idea of father, isn't that kind of counterintuitive, counter Great point. A great point. I think that actually, though, we have to think of God's fatherhood differently than we might originally. So, looking at God in himself, obviously God is infinite, eternal. In God is the perfection of every perfection. And that would include every perfection of fatherhood and of motherhood. So, you're right. In some on some level, to say to, about God that God is father and not mother, if we mean it in himself, it seems like we're excluding something from God and God is limitless and would have every perfection. So how can we do that? And I would say you're absolutely right. So God in himself is clearly beyond motherhood and fatherhood, would have all the perfections of motherhood and fatherhood in himself and then some, you yeah, know. Yeah. You know? Um, however. God in his relationship with the world is Father. So while in himself, you know, in his nature, God is beyond motherhood and fatherhood, God is a father in relation to his creation. And and there's some reasons, I think, that we could talk about that would draw out why that's the case. Besides Jesus revealing to us that, you know, God is our Father, what is the rationale about that? Okay, so I think that the first thing we have to do is think about what fathers are, particularly in relation to their creation, their children. So the the first thing is that fathers create outside of themselves, not inside themselves. So if you think about like human procreation, the, the man inseminates and the woman receives the man and then the child grows within her. So in this sense, the man is distinct and separate from his creation and creates outside of himself, not within himself. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't pour forth from within him, okay? It goes forth from him. This is how God is with regards to his creation. God doesn't create within himself. We're not within God. Mm-hmm. God creates ex nihilo, outside of himself, and stands apart and separate and distinct from his creation. It's also why, by the way, traditionally in 
the development of human cultures, certain words are feminine and other ones masculine. For example, in Latin, terra, which means the earth or land, is a feminine noun. Why? Because the earth receives the seed and then life grows up and springs forth from inside the earth. This is why the earth is, is sometimes referred to, sometimes we hear people say mother nature, right? Or the earth is our mother. It's a feminine image. Why? Because things sprout forth from the earth, but the seed is received into the earth. Right. So the whole notion of, of somehow how our language developed reflects this distinction between the masculine and the feminine, fatherhood and motherhood. Right, right. Well, we can understand why God is our father if we think about how God creates and stands in relation to his creation. Mm. Uh, in another vein, but similar, God's transcendence with regards to his creation is infinite. But his imminence that is being within creation, is not infinite. If God's imminence regarding creation was infinite, everything would be God. That would actually be pantheism. We don't believe that everything is God. Everything is distinct and separate from God. But as far as his transcendence to the world, that's an infinite transcendence. So another way in which God is Father is in the fact that his transcendence is infinite, but his imminence is not. And so, these so are some ways to, to kind of reason dumb, through. Dumb that down a little bit. Just, okay. Yeah, just so. Sure. So, transcendence means over, above, different, mm -hmm. right? And imminence means within and part of and emphasizes a sort of um, oneness, okay? So, we don't believe that God is one with his creation gotcha. okay. in the sense that his yeah. creation is him and he is his creation. Sure. God can dwell within creation, right? The human soul, we receive sure. God within our soul, sanctifying grace. But I'm not God just because God's grace is in me. Right. Or God is present in me as his temple, right? Yeah. The temple itself is not God. It's the place where God dwells. Right. But with regards to God's distinctness and separation from the world, God is infinite. He's beyond and above and infinitely transcends anything in his creation. So, in that way, also, too, the mother is actually one with her child. Right. Because that child though distinct from her, is within her in, in a way. Yeah. And the father remains separate and distinct from yeah. and transcendent, therefore, yeah. in regards to yeah, that's the good. child. That's good. Great, great. Thanks for, cl that for clarifying that. Oh, it helps a lot. And by the way, like any analogy, this analogy even falls apart if you push it too far, mm -hmm. because clearly the child is distinct that's from right. the mother and not they're not the same being. Yeah. But you get the point. You get the picture. Yeah, yeah. You, you understand the differences now. Yeah. So this is good. So we now when we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, we've got a deeper understanding, at least the beginning part of the creed, which is really awesome. Can't wait to dive in deeper. Article one, check. Check. Great. <laughs> Until next time. All right. All right. 
We're so glad that you joined us today on this podcast. It was fun having you with us. I want to remind you, let as many people know about it as possible. The more people hear it, the more people our Lord can heal and save. Stay connected by following us on your favorite social media platform at R4H Podcast. That is the letter R, the number four, and the letter H Podcast. And also check us out on YouTube, and it's the same handle, R4H Podcast. And you'll be able to see the interviews, and and it's kind of cool because you get to see us do it and you see what we look like. You can also reach out to us uh, with any ideas, comments, thoughts, suggestions by emailing us at podcast at arrayofhope.net. Let us know what you think. Remember, in a world where things can be dark, Christ is the light, and there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next week, peace.